Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Welcome everybody to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. You can learn more about the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance at forwardthinkingchiro.com. Uh, we are just coming off of an amazing virtual summit where 3,600 people registered to attend our virtual summit. And uh, it was amazing. 30 plus speakers, some great, we made it like a, a real time virtual event with a live chat room. It was like being in a live event, but not having to leave your house or leave your pajamas. And it went off really well. And we look forward to making more virtual events in the future. So be sure to get connected with the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance so you know about those things. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we haven't had a podcast in a while, and that's on me. That is my personal decision to delay podcasts for a while. First and foremost, I delayed podcasts during the COVID-19, like the hot part of COVID-19 during March, April, and May, uh, just for the simple fact that at that time, most people were at home and no one was actually listening to podcasts. So I really value these guests that we have. I value what the guests say and I value their expertise and I value the content they offered to us through interview and I just didn't want them to go unheard so I waited till now I've had a few in my back pocket for us to release now and to continue our adventures in the podcast world through the FTCA so I hope you enjoy these these interviews some of them happened a while back but they're still great stuff uh, next I also delayed the a podcast even a little bit further because around mid to the end of May, I was thinking about getting the podcast going again and firing it back up. And uh, the world has been lit on fire uh, with the death of George Floyd. And I thought at that point it would be, I guess, somewhat tone deaf to, to put out a podcast and just plow on like the world would like nothing was going on. Um, so I just decided to pause these podcasts even a little bit further at that point, um, hopefully calmer heads will prevail and we can start to have uh, valuable dialogue about the issues at hand. But I just didn't want to pretend that we were ignoring <clears throat> what was going on in the world. So we're back, though. We're back for more podcasts. We've got some great guests. I would like to, in the context of chiropractic, explore uh, some of these issues that the world is dealing with, uh, with people who have context in in the world of those issues and in the world of chiropractic. So hopefully I can find some of those guests coming up soon. We talk about some interesting things in regards to chiropractic, social issues, research, science, things of that nature. Okay. Now this podcast has got three main sponsors. Uh, one of the main sponsors you need to know about and you need to know about real fast is Parker Seminars because Parker Seminars has their NeuroCon 2020 coming up. It's July 31st and through August 1st. It's, uh, there are no live events right now. It's a digital event. They're going digital. It was a live event with speakers. You'd have to get on an airplane, get a hotel, and uh, check into this place and miss practice and all that stuff. But now it's digital. It's virtual. You can attend uh, just like at the FTC, a virtual summit, you can attend in your jammies. 
and there's a schedule. There's going to be a, events coming soon. There's continuing education available and some amazing speakers. You can go to parkerseminars.com and uh, go backslash neurocon and E-U-R-O-C-O-N, and you can find out all about that event. Uh, and it's highly recommended. That's if you like the brain, if you think the brain's important, uh, that's one that you want to attend. Uh, next sponsor is T-Tool. Uh, T-Tool is a soft tissue, instrument-assisted soft tissue device, but it's multidimensional. It's, it's not a, a blade with two sides and a beveled edge. It is like a Swiss Army knife uh, of, of instrument-assisted soft tissue modalities. You can use a lot of the different surfaces for different purposes, and you can find out a lot of information about the T-Tool by going to thetool.com and seeing it in action. Uh, I have one in my office and it has taken over all of my other tools. Uh, I definitely use it on a daily basis. And our final sponsor, speaking of using things on a daily basis, I also use China Gel on a daily basis. And China Gel was a huge supporter of the FTCA Virtual Summit. They're huge supporters of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. And uh, they gave away admission to the, the I'm going to mess it up, the Professional Football Chiropractic Society Annual Convention in 2021 uh, in Indianapolis. So when they have the NFL combines, the chiropractors, all the chiropractors from each related NFL team also meet up and they have their own event and interested students and other parties are also involved in that event. Uh, and China Gel gave away uh, one of those uh, admissions to one of, to that event. So uh, that's something that you might want to look into too, is the professional football, the professional, I, I always mess it up. I think I'm slightly dyslexic. The professional football chiropractic society is I think the right way to put it, uh, but don't quote me on that. And so uh, thank you, China Gel for being a sponsor. Those are our sponsors, Parker Seminars, the T-Tool and China Gel. Okay. So our guest today, is Dr. Jerry Kennedy from rocketchiro.com. Dr. Jerry Kennedy is a tremendous person. He is a relationship marketing expert. He is well-based and uh, one of the, my most favorite people to talk to in podcasts. That's why I keep having him on over and over again. He wants good people to run good businesses that are people-centered and have core values where people matter, excellence matters, and integrity matters. Uh, and he is one of the best meme makers in all of chiropractic. This is Dr. Jerry Kennedy, and I hope you enjoy our episode on the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Podcast. All right, here we go. My guest today on Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance, is a friend of the podcast. We've had him on before, and I've been on Jerry's podcast as well, Jerry Kennedy, but I can't no longer say Jerry Kennedy, Black Sheep DC. Things have changed. <laughs> what the heck is going on, Jerry? What happened? Uh, that's part of the problem, dude. First of all, let me say thank wait, you. Wait, thank wait, you. we got to make an assumption. When, when things change, people always say, what happened? What happened? Like, like exactly. things can't change for good reasons because we get smarter, right? Yes, I know. It's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm constantly trying to uh, improve 
myself, my situation. <laughs> I'm amazed at how little I know now when I was a genius when I was 20. I mean, if you would have talked to me, <laughs> you should have had me. I mean, if you would have had a podcast back in 2004 when I graduated chiropractic college, that kid was brilliant. But All the answers, right? Yes. I knew everything. I had all the answers. And, and as time has gone on, uh, there has been, it seems like I know less. And that's, uh, I, I guess it's, it's how it is. I mean, is that, is, is that how it is with you? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, you become, it's that those whole phases of unconscious incompetence and then you're conscious of your incompetence and then so on and so forth. till you're unconsciously competent. So I don't, I, I, I heard, I heard of this unconscious competence. I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, <laughs> I am, un, I am consciously incompetent. I don't know which one am I? I'm consciously, Con- consciously competent. Yeah. <laughs> incompetent. I don't know. I I'm with you. You and I had had some conversations uh, just kind of behind the scenes and I wasn't talking to a lot of people and, and I wasn't even talking to you in great depth, but I do appreciate your, your input and thoughts on things. And one of the conversations that we had a while back was about black sheep. And it was like about branding and about like, Hey, what do you think of the name? Like, what do you think of like, what comes to mind, you know, positives and negatives. And, and uh, I, I really wanted to take an honest look at, what was going on. And because I think a lot of times we do things, we just kind of pick things, you know, whether it's, whether it's a name for your practice, whether it's just like a website design, whether it's a logo, you know, like chiropractors all have some sort of spine logo. Yeah. And I, I don't think that a ton of thought goes in that a lot of times, at least I know it didn't for me. And even when I started Black Sheep, I, you know, the name was picked kind of, kind of, randomly from a conversation that happened a long time ago. And there was a story behind it and there was a heart behind it. Uh, but as I've kind of grown up, help, you know, started helping chiropractors and, and I say grown up, meaning just the last four or five years, it's, it's like taking that mentor position with chiropractors, just clarifying, like, what am I trying to do? What, what's my purpose and all this stuff. And then you, and I start looking at the name and going, I don't know. It, it just kind of seems like the, the goose in the room, you know, it's like duck, 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 everything's aligning up. And then there's this weird thing. And I, I love the, the purpose and I will tell you the purpose, but people don't listen to like the original story. Cause the original story was, I always felt like patient centered chiropractors, the chiropractors who, who want to put the patient first, want to put the patient in the right place and, and also make an incredibly good living like that group of chiropractors was kind of misrepresented in practice management, marketing gurus, stuff like that, because the emphasis is always like making more money, bumping up your numbers. And it just seems like the actual person that's sitting across from you is not the emphasis. And I happen to be naive enough to believe that you can make a good living and be patient centered. And I just think that there are kind of ways to go about that and nobody's really talking about it. And so I wanted to represent what I felt like was a misrepresented or underrepresented group of chiropractors. And that was kind of the idea of black sheep. It's like, it's, we're going to be different. Well, uh, I got to say three, four five years ago that you, you were the black sheep. Yeah. You know, it, it, it served, the name served a purpose at the time because at that time, uh, and that was right around the time the FTCA got started. And that's right around the time where we all started to realize there's more of us out here. And, I and, I agree, so. and that's actually the other thing that's kind of a tertiary thought of all the thought all the thoughts that I was having was, I really did feel like I was all alone, and I was the only one that kind of had that 
was was willing to step up and say something about that and then meeting you and then like having Christy and like there's so many guys that I've met kind of since then that have really come up in the last five years who who have stepped to the forefront through podcasting and through groups and through these other things that I I'm not it's it's not as kind of odd as it was at that time. And so that was that was another thing. But the other part of it that you kind of hit on which literally drives me crazy is that it, from the outside, I've always been the black sheep DC. And it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be a moniker. It wasn't supposed to be a name that I gave myself. It was supposed to be about a type of chiropractor. And I can't shake it, dude. I mean, <laughs> if I do, a, I do a podcast, I do an interview, someone introduces me for the first time, like I am the black sheep DC. And I was like, God, I, I didn't want to build a, something about me. Like I, you know, one of me is more than enough. I can hardly stand myself after a few minutes. So it's, it's like the idea of trying to reproduce me or make a big deal out of me. Like that's never been the point, but that seems to be what everybody thinks. Yeah. You did it to yourself. So what is, what's net, what's in a name now? So here's my thought process kind of going into it. This all started with, uh, it started with just kind of the general question of, is it still serving its purpose? You know, and, and I, I would say that that actually started at the beginning of 2019. And typically what I do at the end of every year, kind of the, the, the start of a new year is I start asking deep, bigger questions, you know, what's, which direction am I going? How did last year look? How does next year look like, how does everything fit together? And that was the first time that that kind of question popped into my head as far as, is this viable going forward? As the year went on, I started really looking into just branding, messaging, and then recently I started evaluating or looking into persuasion. And persuasion is very interesting because it gets into the subconscious things that affect the way we make decisions. So the idea is that, for instance, if someone goes onto a website, like a mattress website, and there's clouds as part of the kind of design, if you survey those people, they will tell you that comfort is like very high on their, their list of priorities. That a similar group of people, same group of people, whatever, you take them on a, on a mattress website where there's you know, pennies in the background as part of the decor, and it doesn't have to be obvious or obnoxious, they will tell you that cost is one of their high priorities. And they've done tons of studies about this, about how the things that we see the, the colors, the words, like all of this different stuff impacts a person's decision-making process. It's just like a nice weather puts us in a better mood. We're more likely to give someone positive feedback. You know, how was your experience at that restaurant? Well, it was a nice day. And now you're going to say something positive. And if it was a cloudy day or gloomy day, you would have actually rated them lower. It had nothing to do with the restaurant. And so as I looked at that stuff, and then you start looking at Black Sheep DC and start thinking about what, is, what does that symbolize? What may people think about that? And then thinking about changing it because I didn't want to change it just for the sake of changing it because I, I was kind of attached to it. <laughs> and, and so my criteria was this. I'm not a literalist. Like I like a story. I like something that's figurative. I like something that's artistic. So when I looked at, even looking at what you do and what other people do, like I'm looking around and seeing what other people are doing that seem to be kind of moving in a positive direction. And with what you're doing, it's a very, it's a very literal name. You know, it's like Kevin Christie's, you know, it's like the modern chiro chiropractic marketing. It's like, it's a very literal name. And I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted something that was more figurative. 
I wanted something that was more symbolic of something moving forward or upward or upward and forward, you know, that kind of idea, that kind of feel. And I wanted something that was relatively clean, meaning clean from a SEO standpoint, from a uh, social media standpoint, like there was an identity out there that could be taken and claimed as my own. And um, you know, it's, you know, you know how it is. It just, you, you, write a list of a bunch of words, you start rating the dictionary and the thesaurus and you start running it by people and asking, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and we, and we decided on, we decided on rocket. I say we, we, me, I decided on rocket and you um, and your other voices in your head, me, me, myself, I, and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it was like, and, and rocket was kind of the thing that kind of stuck. It was the thing that, um, and when I started really looking at it, I thought, you know, it really meets all the criteria. It's, and what, one of the things I like about it too is that it's not only a thing as far as like people obviously connect it with, you know, the, an actual, you know, rocket and, per, you know, launching and whatever, but we even use it as a, a verb as far as rocketing to the front of the class, rocketing, you know, to the next level or whatever that happens to be. So there's just, there's a lot to it uh, that just makes a lot of sense. Uh, I work a lot with chiropractors that are just getting started. You know, I work a lot with chiropractors that kind of feel stuck, that are trying to get get some momentum heading in the right direction. So when I kind of take all those things together and look at, you know, how have I defined my purpose? How have I defined my vision going forward? I go, hey, it kind of it kind of makes sense. So that was the decision. And at the beginning of the year, we kind of started making changes. And it's a big pain in the butt. But I think it's a good idea, though. So in the classic uh, reference of of the fantastic movie office space what would what is it you would say you do <laughs> what do you i remember do? i remember the old uh do you remember did you ever watch friends uh, no i was not a friends i was not a friends guy there was an old there was an old episode we only hung out with with girls who watch friends to hang out with <laughs> what, what are you saying <laughs> yeah, that was like a college era there was uh there was an episode of friends where they they were doing like this uh quiz lightning round thing where they were uh had bet the apartment like they were they were going to whoever won got the big apartment and the the the, the question that stubbed, stumped them was what was what is Cham Chandler Bing's job they were like uh <laughs> like nobody knew what he did <laughs> um, well I'll, i I guess to answer the question well here's here's the thing when my friends and family or anybody asks me what I do, I typically tell them that I'm a consultant. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's the simplest answer. Um, I, I function as a mentor to chiropractors and I work a lot with chiropractors that are getting started, chiropractors that are stuck. You know, when a chiropractor's got like, you know, four or five different doctors that work for them, they got a clinic and they're thinking about opening up the second clinic. Like I'm not their guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I would consider myself a foundation builder and what I would like to do. And what I believe is, is important for chiropractors is that for you to have the practice of your dreams, however big that is, you have to have a solid foundation. And in the chiropractic world, you know, we don't, we don't get the opportunity to get a, have a nice six figure job and only see patients and work for somebody else and just go home. Like that's not the life of most chiropractors. Most chiropractors, if you're going to get anywhere close to what your income potential is, you have to own your own practice, owning your own practice, owning a small business. That's a completely different skill set than being a chiropractor. 
And if you're going to ever get to the point where you're going to have your, your full income potential or near your full income potential, and you're going to get to the point where you're just not completely stressed out every single month of your life, you have to develop, you, you have to become a competent small business owner. And that's something that's just horribly missing for chiropractors that, that first get started or chiropractors that have never really invested into that thought process. And they find themselves in a situation where they think that clinically they'll be able to solve their problem. And I'm all a thousand percent for someone being clinically excellent, but it's just not the reason you're going to make a good living as a chiropractor. It's not the main reason. Well, what I see people doing it like that bridge that you're talking about between getting started and then like opening your second or third clinic or hiring an associate, the bridge between that and is what you just talked about where they, they feel like the way that they're going to solve their problem is to work their way out of it, to just yeah. work harder, you know, work more and, hours. Um, you know, and and I, the I know interesting, a lot of successful chiropractors and they're doing pretty darn well, but they're doing well based on 14 hour days. 12 hour yeah. days, the whole thing revolves on them. If they get sick, no one's making money. There are no vacations involved in this process. It's just that they become, um, they, they don't, so they, their job owns them is the best way to put it. Yeah. And, I, and I put a, it in, um, Robert Kiyosaki has the cash flow quadrants. I don't know if he, he talked about it in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I think he also wrote a, a separate book called The Cash Flow Quadrants. And it explained like the four phases of, of your life as a, uh, as a, a worker in the world. You're, like, you're going to start out most likely as an employee, then maybe you might evolve into an independent contractor, and then a business owner. And then in the end of your finance, when you sunset your financial life, you should be an investor and your money should work for you. I think that works for the chiropractor as well. Like you're going to start out most likely as an associate, but you might jump right into being an independent contractor, but eventually you might work into being the, you know, an employee means a job owns you. Um, independent contractor means you own a job, but then business owners own a system. And what a lot of folks really don't get to, to get from where you're at to the next level is how to understand systems and how to run a system and get their ego out of the way. A lot of these guys just want to, they think they're, here's what I honestly think. And it, it frustrates me because I see it so much because the FTCA has 8,300 people in it. So you hear things over and over again. And if you hear them over and over again, there must be, it's like stereotypes happen for a reason, you know? Yeah. And it's like so many of these people really think that they're the only ones who can do this job for their patients. Like they actually do think that yeah. their hands are the magical only healing hands on the planet. And they really do get a kick out of the fact that their patients love them. That's great. It's great that your patients love you, but that means you will never, ever be able to leave that, that stage. And, and some people's egos say, well, I don't want to leave the stage. I want to care for patients forever. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> when you get to around 50 or so, your body's going to start telling you, no, you don't. Well, actually, what's funny is to a certain level, I believe that even when I was in practice and, and when I closed my practice, because I believed that, and I genuinely did care about my people. Like I knew, like I was a thousand percent sure that I wanted to move on to a different phase of life, whatever that was. And I honestly didn't even have, I didn't plan on coaching or even working with chiropractors. I kind of had a different plan, but the, I knew I wanted to just move on. Like I felt like it was just, it was, I was done with it. I wanted to do some other stuff business related. And, but there was a part of me that, be, that did believe what you were saying. And because of that, I, had a, I felt guilty. 
I felt like I was abandoning my patients. And what was funny was after, I don't know, however long, I don't know how long it took. It wasn't terribly long. You kind of, I hadn't had this realization of like, yeah, they're fine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, I occasionally run into somebody or, or like somebody messaged me, asking me a question or something or emails me that like used to be a patient and they, they just, they're, they're tapping into me because I'm a resource and they have access to me. So they'll be like, oh, you know, who do you know that does this? Or they'll ask a question. And they're basically, I'll just, you know, I'll refer them, but they'll tell me like, oh, we miss you so much and you're the best and whatever. And that's nice for your ego, but it's not true. Like there's other people that can do. We had, uh, so I originally practiced in my hometown, San Luis Obispo, California. What's up? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I remember this couple, they were patients and they would, they would rave, you know, they would refer, they would rave. You're the best. Oh my goodness, this you're amazing, all that stuff. You know, the stuff that we all get. We everyone's got a nice handful of patients like that, hopefully even more than a handful. And uh and then I left and I moved on to greener pastures and, and started to practice out of state. I moved up to Portland, Oregon. And I think the difference has been about uh four or five years when this incident happened. But I went back home to visit friends and family and all that for the holidays. And they had just opened a new playground for kids. So we took our kids to the playground. And those patients were there, the two, the husband and wife. And I think they were there with their grandchildren. And um, they saw me. I saw them. I think they looked at me sort of like, that guy looks really familiar. <laughs> they were like, where do I know him from? And I was smiling. I didn't say hi or anything because we were across the park from each other. But, yeah, they didn't recognize even who I was a couple years later. And I was the greatest savior of their bodies that they had ever known. Uh, I had a lady and I so that's my wife I'm like those guys used to absolutely love me they don't even know who I am anymore it's gonna be okay I had a lady that came to me and she's one of these people that I've been everywhere done everything into my rope I can't she had I remember specifically she had headaches and like no one's been able to help her or nothing so she comes to me I helped her she was a patient for for quite a while I mean probably a year or so she was in the in and out of the office pretty actively and uh and so she kind of phased away i hadn't seen her in a while which is fine i'm perfectly fine with someone not being a patient every moment of their life and uh i ran into her in the store this is probably like i don't know like two years later three years later and they stopped and talked to me her and her husband and she was telling me how she was starting to have she's having headaches again and all this other shit and she's she's equally frustrated and i was i thought it was weird because i was like well you know i helped you before like, I, why didn't you come in? And I asked her, I was like, well, why didn't you, why didn't you come in and schedule an appointment? And I swear to God, she looked at me and said, honestly, I forgot about you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is the lady I go around telling everybody like the miracle story and how amazing I am. And like, she just like, I changed this woman's life forever. And she's like, ah, yeah, I forgot about you. <laughs> so there's a couple things to take away from that. Um, <laughs> number one, uh, having people on your mailing list and constantly keeping in touch with them is great. 100%. <laughs> Use your email marketing systems. Number two, um, don't get all tied up into this stuff. The world keeps spinning and people go on and they live their lives. You're not the center of their lives. We, we are patient centered people and we do love, we love our patients very much um, for whatever reason. But I always think how much impact I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think as I'm getting a little bit older now, more about, bigger impact than small, small impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what if you could create a system, like you can see 
10, 15, 20, 30, whatever your thing is, you can see that many people in a day, right? But what if you created a system where a thousand people could benefit from your system per day, you know, yeah. like, like the bigger the impact, and then you would be free to go do other things that are even more impactful. Uh, like, uh, like do some sort of volunteer work for world spine care or for your local community or fundraise or uh, help needy children. I mean, there's so much you can do with your time. And then there's only so much time. Um, so, so I just feel like there's such a learning curve to mastering what you're talking about, that beginning phase of practice that people start to lose the plot of what it means to be a doctor and to be a human and to be a, a person in the world that cares uh, just because you care in your office. I see a lot of people that care in their office, but they're not showing much care about the world outside their office. Does that make well, sense? Well, I'll tell you, I'll, it does make sense. And I, I'll confess something to you because I caught myself. I said something earlier that I don't normally ever say. And that is that I said something about putting patients first. I actually don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and, and so I said it almost cliche because like that's yeah, what I hear other cliche. people say. And I actually, I, I really j actually don't believe that. And when I said it, I didn't correct myself because I don't normally say it. So it, like in my head, I went, wait a second. That's not exactly how I Jerry would say Kennedy that. Jerry Kennedy up here trying to make friends. <laughs> well, because the, here, here's the, here's the deal based in this, this, I'm glad we kind of came back around this, even with like the conversation about the patients, not recognizing us and forgetting about us. Patients are important. You should never, ever look across the table from someone and forget that that's a human being and forget that they have needs and concerns and that they're more than just a dollar and they're more than just a number on your stat sheet. So that's, that's, they're very, very important with that said. They're not more important than you. They're not more important than your kids. They're not more important than your wife or your husband. They're, they're, patients have a place. And when you start putting a patient, and I have to tell docs this all the time because when I'm working with a doc, they typically are, they're not good at business. They're not good at marketing. They're not good at life balance. They're not good at prioritizing. They're not, they're, 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 they're new little baby deers like wobbling around and trying to get their footing. And what I tell them is when you say yes to one person, you're saying no to someone else and you have to keep that in mind. So that person is asking you to stay late and you know that like you told your family you're going to be home, like you're saying no to your family. I know you think you're like, you're bleeding heart for your patient, but you're saying no to them. When you allow someone to come in, when they miss their appointment and they just come in at some random time, but there's a person there who's actually on time for their appointment and you say yes to this other person because you're a bleeding heart, you're saying yes to them, but you're also saying no to the person who's there on time. It's so, it's, it's really important that you value people, but you, you don't put them in a place that they shouldn't be. And I think we make that mistake and we think that we have this big, huge heart. I just love people. So I don't make them pay and I don't make, you know, like I, I just mm -hmm. can't charge them. It's you're running a business. You have a life outside of chiropractic, hopefully. And really the people that are going to remember you when you're gone. Cause like my dad, my dad passed away a few years ago and he was just one amazing human being. And every day I miss him. But you know who doesn't miss him? <laughs> his chiropractor doesn't miss him. You know, his like the random, yeah, his work doesn't miss him. The random people in his life don't miss him. It was that inner circle. And when you think that your patients or even worse, your social media following or whatever 
are your inner circle, they're not. The, yeah. There's a priority that you have to keep in balance. Otherwise, you're going to get to the end of your life and you're either going to be alone or you're going to be around a bunch of people and kind of just regret the fact that, that, that you missed. What, well, let's there. go deep here. There's, uh, you know, we're chiropractors. So what do we do? We help people get out of pain, but that's a transient thing. Um, when we expire, when our time is up, we didn't build anything. You know, we didn't yeah. build a, a, a sculpture. We didn't build a skyscraper. We didn't fund a trust that's going to last generations. We like help people with their pain and then we die and then we're gone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, these legacy questions because I am getting a little bit older and I see my children and I said, what, what do, what am I doing that people aren't, are going to remember me for, or am I just going to be forgotten? And, uh, and this, this conversation leads right up to it. And it's like, I would rather spend my time making a bigger impact and hopefully creating something that is, that is powerful and impactful for the world. Or I should just go and start whittling wood, you know, or, yeah. Or, or, or shaping knives or, or doing, uh, what are those wooden sculptures with chainsaws? Like something that's going to last the test of time. Um, not that there isn't any value, that there, it's not valuable to help people with their, with their health and their livelihood so that they can be productive and do amazing things. But there's just not a timelessness to chiropractic, to caring for people. Uh, you do it for a period of time and then you're gone. Um, and yeah. So and it's, think, it's also, it's also one-on-one, -on -one. you yeah. know, it's, it's not one to many. I mean, even what you're yeah. doing with, with the forward thinking chiropractic Alliance, even with what we're doing with podcasting, you have the opportunity to do one to many. And when you make a difference in a chiropractor's life and that affects their business, that's, that has a, a, a much more of a kind of compounding effect than, than helping one person. I understand that that helps them and that can help their family, but it's still very small from a chiropractic one-on-one -on -one standpoint, uh, you're affecting just this, this small thing versus something bigger. And I think about that a lot. And that was a lot of thought that went into me closing my practice, even though I wasn't planning on working within the chiropractic space. I, I love speaking and I love writing and I love communicating and, and that skill set and that desire. I look at those things and I go, there are things that I can do that are going to have a much more one-to-many impact on the world instead of what I'm doing now, which I feel like is, is, is something that served its purpose in the same way we talked about like the name serving its purpose. But I feel like it's, it's time to move on from this. And I also felt like if I don't make this decision, even though it was not the smoothest transition in the world, I, it could have been more thought out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Everything like, can. It's like, like most, you know? <laughs> that's the story of my life. That's going to go on my tombstone. It could have been more thought out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but with that said, I knew that if I didn't, if I didn't make that decision, if I didn't make that change, because I had been pushing it down, like pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. And if I didn't make that change, I was going to get to the end of my life and ask that terrible question, what if? And I think that that's a, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to be there. Yeah. No, and this is not a knock on people who, who that's all they want to do. They want to practice, you know. Uh, if you truly, in the marrow of your bones, say, all I want to do is take care of people one-on-one -on -one in practice, and I want to practice for my whole life, and that is what you were put on this earth to do, and you're not kidding yourself about it, I love you. That's awesome. But I also think that some people, when you throw around the terms like patient-centered or they they sort of thump their own chest about how patient-centered they are. I 
think some of that is their own ego or their own buy-in that they, they feel like they have to be that way or that they're selling that. Um, Cause here's the real deal. So I saw Richard Brown, he's the secretary general of the world federation of chiropractic. He, he's, he spoke at uh, ACA engage 2020. So the ACA's legislative and leadership conference. Mm. Um, and he's also speaking at forward 2020 uh, Palmer West July 24th and 26th. But anyway, well, he was given his talk and he, he, he wants to change the phrasing. And I think we're going to start a new trend here by changing the phrasing from patient centered, which we all think we are right mm. to people centered. There's a subtle difference there. Can you agree with that? Yeah, I've because actually, I was, I was always saying when I first started black sheep, I was saying relationship centered I changed it to people centered. And the only reason that anything is says patient centered on my website, even now, because it does say patient centered. Now, the only reason it does is to kind of make sure that I'm aligning the words I'm using with what is already in someone's head. So it's, it's more of a, uh, an alignment with my audience. It's less about what I personally believe, because I believe there's absolutely a difference between being people-centered and being patient-centered. There's some subtle differences in their subconscious. If you are patient-centered, but not people-centered, you're really behaving only in the best interest if somebody is your patient. It's still, it's still self-centered, right? Yeah. Like, I'm only going to care about what's going on in this world around me if somebody's a patient. Yeah. But if they're and- people... They're not, it's not as interesting to me. And when you, when you speak patient centered, you are speaking small compared to being people centered, which is considering even the suffering of the world that you don't have your direct hands on, like considering the global burden of low back pain and disease and how important that is uh, to the world in general and being the number one cause of disability in the world. Like you don't care as much about that because they're not your patients. So you're not going to put as much effort into it, but once they become your patients, then you're patient centered and you're super focused on that person in front of you. Well, yeah, cause they're giving you money. So there's some, there's some, I, I, I think there's a lot of authenticity to the phrase patient centered, but I think there's also some subconscious inauthenticity to the word patient centered and I think a shift over to this idea of people-centered is really, I like it. I'm buying into that. I'm going there. I am a thousand percent on board with that. And I also think that it incorporates the conversation that we had before about family. Because you, if you're saying you're patient-centered and then your kids don't ever see you, you don't, your spouse doesn't like you. Because I saw that in practice management. Like I was, when I was doing practice management, when I first got into practice, I kind of took note of the family, like or what I could gather from the family of the people that were, were coaching. And it, it bothered me to see what I considered a, a decent percentage of people that it's like, yeah, you're up there talking, maybe you got a book, maybe you're a big deal, but it's like, your family life is garbage. And I don't aspire to be that way. Like, you know, my, and especially like I said, when my dad died, it became my dad dying actually redefined success for me because I never considered my dad to be, he, he was an engineer. Uh, he wasn't entrepreneurial by nature at all. He, he didn't get me, you know what I mean? Like as far as like <laughs> why I would do what I do, he was, he was a, 
you know, he did what was safe. He did what was responsible. He was an engineer. He's very calculated, but he was a high character guy, an amazing human being with, with what I considered a very, very tiny, tiny influence in life. And I've always had like a more of a bigger idea, a bigger picture of what success was. But when my dad died, I went to his funeral and they gave an opportunity for people to stand up and say stuff. And I thought thought, my dad pretty much keeps to himself. So like, who's going to say stuff, you know? And all these people got up and started telling stories of my dad that I didn't know about, you know, my, you know, you're, you know, he, he stood, pulled me aside and used to talk to me all the time. One of my friends that owns his own business now and stuff, he was there and he was like, Hey, he, he used to talk to me all the time when we were, the guy, we're over at the house playing video games and he pulls aside and he showed me how to do computer programming and all this stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know that. And this other guy's like, yeah, he came over and did this and he came over and did that. And I looked around and, and when I got done with that, after hearing all those stories, I went, this is what success looks like. It, it's, it's people that are crying because not, not, not because like you want people to cry, but because it's, it's, it's a person, it's a life worth crying over. Like it's a light went out. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that are crappy people and it's like, and a light went out. And that was really a, a, a pivotal moment for me to look at that and just kind of readjust what I consider success because I look at my dad and I go, wow, if I could be that successful when it's all said and done, I feel like I've done, I've done good. And, and it also made me look at my life and go, I'm falling short. You know what I mean? Like I'm falling short on some of the things that really do matter because of my ambition. Yeah. It is tough, right? Like you can't balance. It's very difficult to balance at all. The perfect ideal of your, your perfect life path and what you actually have to do. And then the, uh, the, the tax man is knocking at the door too, and we've got bills to pay. And uh, I heard someone say the other day, they said it was the, the key is, is mastering work life imbalance. <laughs> was, yeah. yeah. And I think that there's a lot of balanced. truth. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like when you're at work, you need to be at work and you need to be all in and you need to be like hustling and whatever word you want to use. Uh, but also when you're at home, you need to be present, you know, because you don't really want to, even if it's not a lot of time, that time could be quality. And um, that's that's something I probably struggle with more than anything is just getting my mind to shut off where I'm working on something still in my head, but I'm sitting there having dinner with somebody, with people I love. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, have you ever read uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior? No, I haven't. You yeah. wrote that? You uh, know? Let me look that up for you. For the whole audience, if you're listening, if you ever read Way of the Peaceful Warrior, uh, it's a great book. It's a little more engineered for the younger, the younger male. It's written in that, that uh, realm because the, the main protagonist is a college student. But and there was also a movie. So if you're more in the movie world, uh, you can watch the movie Way of the Peaceful Warrior. But the book is outstanding. It's written by Dan Millman, and it's semi-autobiographical. It's obviously he's he's taken some liberties with his own story. Uh, but that book changed a lot for me. The the, the irony of that book is um, I was in the military and I was. I knew I wanted to go to chiropractic college and I was visiting a lot of the schools and I had a girlfriend at the time and she was from Atlanta, Georgia. So you can guess which school I visited. And that's a life town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to give them any shine, but you said their name. <laughs> um, so I'm in Marietta, Georgia and the, the girlfriend takes me to her grandma's house. Cause she lives in Marietta. And we're going to visit grandma. 
and uh grandma's pretty shut in and she's wise around the eyes you know and she looks at me and she's like i got something for you and she goes down to her basement you can hear her rummaging around for a while and she comes up with this book a beat up copy of way of the peaceful warrior and she goes this book will change your life i know it and i'm like yeah whatever lady you don't even know me and that's one of those things that like, kind of like sits on your bookshelf for like a year or whatever and like all right i don't ha- i've read all my books i don't have anything else to read let's check out this uh way of the peaceful warrior just seemed kind of cheesy to me and then i read it and i was like oh dang oh dang this one hit just right nice i'll i'll definitely put that on my list yeah it's good it's, I, uh, I think it's funny that i 4. think it's five out of five barnes and noble rating 94 percent of the people like the book i think it's funny that uh how things end up into your life and I, how important it is i mean we're, we're kind of going on a trail but it's like how important it is to be receptive to like things that people say, things that people, you know, suggest to you, like just, just the things that happen. Cause you just never know. Like it's, you never know a conversation you're going to have, how that leads to kind of opens up a door, opens up a window to something else. And, and I see yeah. this with the docs that I work with. I've, I've had a couple of new members recently that they're just, they're in such an early phase of where they are and kind of their growth process that they don't even really know which direction they want to go. And you know, we had a conversation about what are you thinking? Like, what do you want to do? And it just, they just don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And I don't want to just tell them this is what you should do. Cause I, I just yeah. don't believe in that. And so right. my suggestion to them was, look, there's, you know, the, the membership stuff that they're a part of, like there's all these trainings, all this information, there's these foundational things that kind of go over just ways of ways of thinking about business, understanding marketing. And, and I said, what I'm going to suggest that you do is just, just start going down that path and see what, what windows open up in your mind, because that's typically what happens in the way the world works, whether it's a name change, a branding change or a direction with your business or what career you want to go town. It's a conversation or it's something that you heard, something that you saw and that opened up a window or opened up a door that you kind of just creaked through and you headed on down a different path. And I just think it's important to really be, open and kind of receptive to those doors and windows being open because you never, you never know where life's going to go. Ooh, I got an idea. Let's, let's finish out the podcast riffing. Let's riff on a couple things. We'll play a, we'll play practice advice volleyball for the young practitioner and student. So I'll come up with, I'll start the first topic and say my piece of advice on the topic. And then you can add your piece of advice on the same topic, whether you agree or disagree. You come up with the next topic, add your piece of advice, then I'll agree or disagree. And we'll do that a couple times and see how it goes. All right. This could end up in complete disaster because it's unplanned, but I think it's going to be awesome. I invite chaos at all moments. Okay. So topic number one, branding. Branding for the young chiropractor who wants to start their practice. I think when you're branding, a general piece of advice would be don't succumb to paralysis of analysis. You need to get some sort of name and some sort of logo out there. Don't worry about it so much. You're just getting started. Just get something out there and do it. How about you? Mr. Rebranded. I will have to reconsider it later. You might change it later and there's nothing wrong with it. But when you get started, you just got to get something out there and get moving. I would say that um, don't get cute. That's my advice. Yeah. Don't get cute because 
Um, you may think that that's a, I've seen some horrific chiropractic names because people are trying to get cute. They're trying to like call it something else or something interesting, or they're trying to combine different words and stuff like don't, don't get cute. Um, regardless of what you may or may not think of uh, your opinion of chiropractic or like chiropractic's reputation in your area or whatever, from a marketing standpoint, you're, you're, um, you want to kind of fall into a well-worn mental groove and you don't have to retrain people on if you're constantly telling people what that word means, it's you're, you're, it's too cute. So don't get too cute. Jerry Kennedy, chiropractic in your business name or not. I mean, we legally have to have it in some places, but doing business as hide from chiropractic or put it in the name. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have an opinion about that. Okay. I don't have an opinion about it because uh, I think that if you could call it something like back solutions or, you know, the pain relief center or whatever, like, I mean, you, you could go, you could be more benefit focused in your name um, or you could call it elevation chiropractic or I, I would, I would reconsider, I would consider calling mine best chiropractic. <laughs> like it's just the brand. I'm not claiming to be the best. Just very persuasive name. It's like, yeah. well, what's, you wouldn't get away with that, that in Oregon, but you can get away with that. <laughs> what if my okay. name was best? If your name was best, you can get away with it. Yes. Okay. So I legally changed my name to best. There you go. And then open up best chiropractic. That You can do that. Absolutely. Anybody else can, you're welcome to take that because I'm not going to do that. Uh, maybe chiropractic wasn't going to work out too good. So I had to steer, steer away from that as much as possible. <laughs> All right. You can come up with a topic now and you get the first statement. Okay, so my topic is going to be time and uh, about chiropractors using their time efficiently or inefficiently. And my advice to them is going to be that you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to set aside time for the things that are long-term important to you. You cannot constantly be putting out fires and just getting up and dealing with whatever the day has to offer you. You have to take control of your time. Otherwise, it will never get done. And you will constantly be telling yourself someday and someday will never come. What Good. say ye? I say uh, for the youngest of the chiropractors out there, you've either got a lot of time or a lot of money. You will never have both. <laughs> Not usually. So if, you, if you don't have a lot of money, you need to be spending your time in the best uh, business move that you could be doing with that time is networking, getting to know other people. Um, and then if you have a lot of money, you can start to buy uh, things like Facebook ads and marketing. Uh, so you, you slowly phase over that. Everyone wants to come out and say, what's the newest, hottest uh, Google ads trick? Uh, networking's your Google ads trick. Oh my gosh. You know what? I was so, I was so late to the game in terms of like the value of relationships within the community. Yeah. And part of it is because I can do podcasts, I can do public speaking, like I can be very I can be the life of the party when it's a bunch of people I know, but when it's not somebody I know, I'm very introverted. And so I don't like going out meeting new people. I don't like going to events that I've never been to before, like so and because of that, I that crutch that I didn't kind of force myself, that box that I was staying in kind of kept me from getting out meeting people as quickly as I probably should have. Um, and, but as time went on, you kind of, you know, meet some people, you make some connections and man, 
who knows if Facebook ads going to be around in 10 years, who knows if Google AdWords is going to be around in 10 years, but people, man, if you want to have a solid foundation and you want to have some stability in a community, meet people, build relationships, connect with them. That is your best asset long-term. And that's your, that's your storm weathering strategy. And the thing is, it does take time. And it, it, it's something that we think that, oh, I'm going to go to a networking event. I'm going to get some new patients. Like, don't be that guy. <laughs> like, right. to, like to make your goal to like have a good conversation. Like make that your goal. Like don't make your goal to like hand out as many cards as possible and try to schedule 10 patient appointments to an event you've never been to and you don't know anybody. Like that's ridiculous. Like that's, you're just that guy and that guy ends up creating a wedge between them and the community, not a connection. Yeah, my, my dividing line here is we've talked about uh, being people-centered already. And I look at chiropractors in one of two camps. They're either team people, which means they generally have the well-being of humanity in their mindset and they behave based on how they want to treat people. And then the other camp is team chiro. And they really behave and always act in the yep. best interest of chiropractic and their practices. And it's like, where's your mind? And that leads to... The third and final one, which I'll kick off, and that is the foundation. You, the biggest advice I can give to young people and young chiropractors is you have to know why you're why, why you're doing it, why you're even getting involved in any of this in the first place, what you want from life long term. You have to understand all that stuff and build everything else around it, including your, your practice, your marketing, your schedule the way you approach taking care of patients, there has to be a why to it all. And we are not always in this evidence-informed side into philosophy, but that's truly what philosophy is. You either, like Anne Ayn Rand, whatever, however the hell you say her name, some people like her, some people you don't, but her quote still stands. You either have your own philosophy for life that you've developed, or you end up being fed a mongrel philosophy from other people and, and you have to eat their crap. Um, so what I'm saying is you need to know why you're doing it, what you're doing, and have a purpose uh, because the, the practice will not fill that purpose for you. I would also add to that not only foundations, but I would throw in the word roots because I think that there's a epidemic of shallow people in this world, especially Western world, where everything is on the surface. and we don't take the time, we don't take the energy, we don't make the effort, we don't go through the process necessary to develop character, to develop ourselves as human beings, to develop, whether that's as a business owner, whether it's as a person, whether it's as a parent or a spouse or whatever, like we're just so quick to, to bail on things. And it's, it's really difficult to weather the storm when there isn't that solid foundation and when the, when your roots don't go deep, because when this idea of this prosperity idea that sometimes gets passed around where it's like, you know, once you're going to get to the point and you're going to, you're going to be making money and it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's like, listen, rich people have problems like life. You don't know what life is going to do. And this idea that you're going to live a life without resistance or without problems, like that's not true. It's not even life. (laughs) <laughs> it's not life. It isn't like, it just isn't. And in the same way, like the, the, the old analogy of like 
an astronaut going to space. It's like their bones start deteriorating and they have serious problems because of the lack of resistance of gravity. And it's, it's no different in life in general. Like this, this idea or that we're, we're moving toward this place of no resistance or no problems or no, it'll be better someday in the sweet by and by, whatever. That's just crap. And if you aren't, if you're not developing the character, the habits, the, the, just that foundation, that thing that's going to make you someone that can weather the storm, like life is going to beat the crap out of you, no matter how smart you are or aren't, no matter how, like it just does. And it's amazing to me. And I, I guess I just, it bothers me because I see it so much people that I, I'm dealing with young people and people that are frustrated that, ha that have no roots. And I try to talk to them about this stuff and to see people so quick to jump off of stuff that because it, a little breeze blew their way or something because they're looking for a magic bullet. They're looking for a whatever. And I told a guy the other day, I said, this is something you have to understand. And I said, I'm not trying to be like Debbie Downer or something when I say this, but you have to understand something. You do not have the capacity to have the practice that you're talking about. Yeah. You have to change. You yep. have to grow. If I could flip a switch and give you everything you just described, you would screw it up in less than six months. Like I like you, you, Jerry Kennedy. Yeah. Tell them. So, and, and, but and you know, take it. But that's the stuff that doesn't, that it doesn't sell books. It doesn't sell seminars. It doesn't like somebody's going to, somebody's going to pat you on the back and tell you like this fluffy story, but yeah. those people aren't helping you. Those people are, are destroying you and they're, you know, take your money in the process. And it, it drives me crazy. We got two conflicting problems in this profession. One is we know the facts about the money. It, we know the facts that it actually takes uh, quite a bit. We're talking 10, 15, 20 years before you start making that big money. So you're going to eat a poop sandwich for 10 to 15 to 20 years <laughs> to stick it out for the good money. Most people aren't. Um, yeah. because, because like you said, you have to have the character and that character is unfazed regardless of your financial or professional situation. That character is there regardless of what's happening to you. Uh, you're forged out of iron and it's not going to change, but most people are, are defining themselves on these external factors, right? Like how much money I make, whatever, whatever car I have and all that stuff. They can't survive the storm of that first 10 to 15 years. And for some people, it's seven years or four years, whatever, but it takes time. So there's that fact, there's that portion. And the other portion is, yeah, I totally, I'm feeling you young students and, chiro and young chiropractors in that you borrowed a lot of money to get into this program and, and the bill is due like right away. So you don't have a whole lot of time to focus on character and, in your personal philosophy and your approach, you got to like start uh, stacking checks really fast. But what we're trying to say is you're not going to overcome, you're not going to overcome that problem unless you have the character, but character like Jerry Kennedy just said is not sexy. It doesn't sell books. It doesn't sell you into coaching programs. It doesn't put a suit on your back. Uh, but unfortunately that's actually the thing you need the most. And the other thing that was that pretty good. Like the, Wait, take a little snippet of that one right there. I'm on a roll. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the other thing that I'll add to that too is that I I wish that I would have learned faster and 
deeper because I don't even know that I learned it as much as I need to yet. And that is that whatever that thing is that you're striving for, that's not the thing that's going to make you whole. It just isn't like whether it's money, whether it's a practice, whether it's certain practice level, whether it's a relationship that you think you need or whatever, like if you can't be, if you can't be whole without that, you're not going to be whole with it. And it's, it's such an easy thing to do, especially when you're entrepreneurial, like mindset, it's such an easy thing to spend your whole life kind of wanting whatever that thing is that's next. And, and it's okay to want something next and strive for something like I'm all for bigger and better. But if you think bigger and better is going to get you to that place where now there's no stress, now I'll be happy. Now it'll be better. It's just not And life's going on right now. And I, I know that when I was going through, especially the early parts of practice, I look back at that and I go, a lot of that's a blur. And I probably in, in a wiser mind now I could look back at that. And I think that that process would have been different and it would have been, it could have been better if just simply changing my perspective, not even giving me more money, but just changing my perspective of the yeah. process that I was going through in the same way that we go to the gym and we understand that when we're, it, it hurts and it's uncomfortable, but we're growing and we're heading towards something. And I think that we sometimes miss that and, and understand that that's, that is part of the process and part of life. It's not, it's, it's not that someday I'll be happy. Like if you think that you're wrong and you, and you really do have to adjust your mindset. Yep. Unfortunately, you got to be Sisyphus. You're pushing that rock uphill. I enjoy in pushing the rock. <laughs> yes. Hey, we did a good one here, Jerry. Tell, uh, tell people how to find you. Hey, the if uh, rocketchiro.com is the new URL. Um, if you are following me already on Instagram or Facebook, those have been changed over. So that's it's not, you don't have to go somewhere new. I do have a new YouTube channel, which I don't even know what the URL is for that because I just don't know what it is. But <laughs> that's the only thing that started fresh. Uh, but Rocket Cairo podcast is all switched over and everything else. So, you know, check out the podcast, check out the website. Sweet. And uh, we just started a new YouTube channel as well at Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. It's just me talking. So um, check, uh, or as I say, be sure to palpate that subscribe button on the FTCA YouTube <laughs> channel. And uh, it was a joy once again. You're a good egg. And I always appreciate talking to you. Hey, it's always fun. Thanks, Bobby. Yep. <laughs>